Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Go right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong. Listen, 247com I am Jeff Howe. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, we got to talk about a Texas loss to TCU. Tech falls 24-7 to the Horn Frogs. But I think we're going to have fun this week because we started this show uh, kind of going down memory lane a little bit in, in our pre-show meeting, which you guys <laughs> that are longtime listeners know our pre-show meeting exists of about 30 seconds just doing sound checks. And Seriously. Maybe, ex- maybe sharing a joke or two. And we got inspired during that time period. Yes, we did get inspired. Somehow. And uh, I will go down that here in just a minute. But right now, let me bring in the rest of the team. So we're talking Texas TCU, Texas, Kansas, uh, and a couple other things uh, on this week's show. So let me bring in the rest of the team, the rest of the team, the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire. No longer the man behind the glass, but the man who uh, sits directly in front of me now. I can oh. see his color-coded charts and everything he's got going <laughs> see, on. See. Matt Butler, Matt, uh, how was your weekend? Oh, man, actually, this past week, uh, really good. Work's been paying off. It was a good daily fantasy, basketball season, football. Astros won the World Series. I arguably had my best work day on the Woo! same day the Astros won the World Series, Beautiful which was thing. awesome. Yes, so very awesome. As yeah. l- the three of us are long-suffering Astros fans. Is this true? Rod being the only one of us that actually grew up in H-Town, but Matt but and still, I are long-time Astros fans. If you're right in the state of Texas and you you chose the Astros or the Rangers, that says something. Oh, it's big I was, I was make your choice. I was sick the night of the game, the night of game seven so oh, i barely made it to really? the end but it's funny how like that head cold or flu or whatever i had was starting to kind of wear off at the end because i was like oh my god they're uh, they're four outs away now they're three outs away oh man two outs away yeah and i you know woke up the neighbors and scared the dog <laughs> and scared the cat when you know, the last out was recorded but yes good beautiful times, thing baby good times had by all beautiful thing, uh he's an astros fan he's the renaissance man on our show because he does so many different things uh, wears so many different hats but long ago he was a lifetime he is a lifetime longhorn long ago he was a 2002 ut all-american 2000 Two semifinalists for the Jim Thorpe Award fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and he with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. <laughs> when he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. If he had his T ring in his possession, he would wear it proudly. But nevertheless, he is a card carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, uh, Mr. Rod Baby. I noticed you don't bring up the Austin Wranglers in that. Uh no, we, you know, yes. intro. we talked about this. Yeah, that's like that was the, that was because that was the shameful moment for Rod. Be like, if it's for time you, for Rod B to hang it up. If in your you're in your <laughs> your professional career, your kind of ladder of success on the football yes. ladder, right? If the CFL is the equivalent of doing porn, then uh, the Arena League is you're, almost like doing amateur porn. And no, no, not amateur porn. You're straight up hooker. You oh, are walking okay. the strip. Yeah, you are walking. Like, like, you know, no, no, hookers are online now. I'm sorry, I don't even know if people know that. <laughs> well, no. Hookers don't walk the strip anymore. They're I've online. seen enough SVU episodes. To know yeah, yeah, how yeah, yeah. Works, That's so, how hookers yeah. are now. Like, they don't, like, so there are no hookers. They're like they're on the corner. Escorts. Yeah, they're on the yeah. corner anymore. Yeah. It's hard to don't find, touch those like, if they hook. <laughs> if there's a hooker walking the corner, you're in a bad part of town in a really bad city. Like, and you may be getting like lured oh, like, yes. into something. Oh, like you know, like eight eight miles. I mean, like you're you know, what I mean, you're in New mm-hmm. York City in like a really bad part. You don't want to be fucking out with that. You want to at least go online and that's what you want to do. But be careful. Anyway, my point is that's what it was. It was like walking the street as a hooker. And that's why yes. we that's don't talk awesome about that with well. your football career, yeah, Rod. You just leave, if you, leave you play for a team resume. and like yeah. that, your mascot is basically yeah. a more famous version is a brand of jeans than the football team, yeah. it's no good. When you're playing at a place that is regularly a host to high school football. Yes. A professional we got to get y'all out of here. The, <laughs> the are, high school team has to you, take the locker rooms. <laughs> yes. You should not. That, that should be a, uh, a, a a man in the mirror moment for you and it, it was for me. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, it got you to radio, It did. And got, I'm having a lot of fun here, so I'm really happy about that. We're going to talk about t- 
Texas, Texas TCU. We're going to talk about Texas Kansas coming up this weekend, and we started talking about the football weekend before the show because oh yeah, let me get bring the stat up. This Rob, is awesome. Once again, it's a great so, stat. We were here. just wondering this. Um, yeah, because I, I got it from ESPN Stats and Info, so it's legit. But it says uh, this Saturday will be the first day since October twelfth, two thousand two, with three matchups of AP top ten teams. There's Georgia, Georgia Auburn. There's Notre Dame Miami and TCU Oklahoma. Of course, here in the Big 12. Yep. Uh, and that meant it's, there are seven matchups, I think, of just ranked teams, period. Right. But there are three matchups of top 10 teams. That hadn't happened in a really 15 Block, years. Blockbuster weekend. So Great we started weekend. thinking. One of the greatest in the history of college football. Yeah, October, October 12, 2002. And I started looking at the 2002 Jeff Texas brought it up. Longhorn I schedule. Good, yeah. We just flippantly mentioned it. He was like, is that Rod's? Jeff was like, and yeah. we, we can, were like, yeah, maybe. We confirmed. The last time there was a college football weekend this big, Rod Babers hey. was returning a pick six in the Cotton Bowl. Yes, we said oh, happy pick oh, six the, day. Oh, happy pick six day. The biggest college football week, regular season weekend. All right, before this coming up weekend, Rod B was showcased. In, and actually, proud, that was probably like considered. It. And we gotta go look at the schedule because I haven't done that much research. Game of Jeff the year. Just brought it up. It might have been the biggest game it was of that weekend. Up period. From Two versus three, three was the year before. Fourteen yes, three. Sims, blown out. Sims Sims senior right? year. Dude. You pick six to go up seventeen to six. Oh yes. I'm already excited. Like, I want to go days. play the football right now. I'm like really excited. Yes. I'm way too excited just to do a podcast. So because I <laughs> Jeff, now Jeff, you got me all pumped up. I got to do a damn show. Seriously. Well, and, and here, thank God we found this out before your show. No, dude, now it's, it's gonna be. I'm, it's I'm, on. That's all I'm talking about for two hours. I don't give a damn. <laughs> DB really, Day, I'm what? it up every segment of the show. You need exactly. to call out all OU wide receivers <laughs> to call in. Is I'll take you on right now. Take me. Have we been the greatest college football weekend that we've seen? Literally, I mean, I, we were just saying that, but this is true. For, yeah, top fifteen years. I mean. And that's pretty sick that you had the pick six on that day. Oklahoma, man, that was number two versus number three. Two versus three. So Oklahoma, we were, Texas, two. Yeah, that man, was a big think deal. Think about how sexy that was. Uh, that's know. when it used I, to be, dude. I, I don't know if I can. I probably was, man. I don't know how I can handle that emotionally right now. Two versus three. Well, I mean, you. It reminds wow. me of your emotion after you scored the touchdown because in the pick six, it's on TV. You cannot handle your emotion now, like I mean, you're God, overwhelmed. As a, as a fan watching the game, I was like, oh my God, they're gonna do it. This is it. They're gonna be. They're gonna beat Oklahoma. And we hadn't done it. In since 1998, But the reason why the 2002 weekend got brought up and why we lamented on it before the show is Rod made the comment that you felt like Rod, if you guys had won that game with you having the pick six, you might have gone around higher in the draft. I really no seriously. Think about it. We was number number two versus number three. We're so legitimately, we probably vaulted number one in the country, uh, like the and, 08 team did when they beat OU and right? vaulted to number and one in that, the country. And there's that you know the Texas Tech one at the end. But you could argue that Texas is a different team if they don't lose so. You and mm-hmm. we may win that game, man. We played a national title game. Robbie made a lot of big plays in big games. That was kind of my thing. Like I, I, made, I actually played my worst games. I like football player against like Robbie. Iowa State. Like I really like. I played my worst games against like Iowa, and like I, I just didn't play well against teams. I didn't get up for them. I will, I will admit that. But for the big games, that's why I always had my biggest plays. Oklahoma Big Twelve title game. Like here, I played big games and very well. And I think your boy probably would have made big plays in those marquee games would have helped my draft value go up a little bit. Just a notch. Not saying I would have been first round. Hell no, I wasn't that talented. But like third round. And Robbie goes third round. Maybe I go to a different team. Maybe different things happen. Blah, 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 blah. Different, you know and then I, mean? I discussed because It's, it's Rod- like the, the back to the future theory. Yep. Alright? Just the slightest wrinkle in the fabric of time that has changed can do the butterfly effect. It can change everything. But as, yep. as we were discussing, <laughs> you know, after Rod's rookie year, the Super Bowl was in Houston. He runs into Kelly Rowland, the Super Bowl party. Oh, Maybe Rod B has a better rookie year and a better <laughs> situation he runs into kelly Rowland. he gets into some of that destiny's child money and then it's totally different for rod this is true all sorts of things that's exactly the one degree of difference who knows where it goes from there i saw beyonce back then imagine if you made my game was so important i could have gotten no that's where my last time i i met beyonce i saw beyonce face to face was 2003 in the super bowl imagine how my life if i had hit on beyonce it all worked because i was balling out of control man imagine my life but i got a good life right and now you're sitting it's, here face-to-face with feel, me and Matt. I feel like Jimmy Stewart on It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> now you're sitting here face-to-face with me and Matt. So it's, we're not Beyonce, but. No, Matt's. no, no, but it's great. Yeah. I'm having a great time. All right, break time on the show. But when we come back, we're going to continue to recap Texas and TCU, a 24-7 loss for the Longhorns. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. 
we got to get to this Texas TCU game. And honestly, gentlemen, I don't know how much time we want to spend on this for a couple reasons. One, it's not a pretty game to relive. But number two, and I know people were complaining about the offense, and Texas fans have a right to be yeah. upset with a bad product. Let's do that. Um, Rod, actually, something interesting I found going through the record books in this game. So the nine yards of rushing offense Texas had was the fourth tie for the fourth lowest in school history. I know because I I was on a couple of those. Did teams. you realize that the lowest that. total yard, the lowest rushing output in a game by a Texas team? You were a member of that team. Was it? O- yeah, game? two thousand OU game. I knew it was OU. Minus yeah. seven yards rushing. I Minus seven that. yards. Who was that? Hodges Mitchell, Hodges Mitchell was our running yeah. back. I think yeah. a lot of that sack yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That team went on to win a national title, too. So, I mean, that's less shame in it, but you're right. That's, uh, that's shameful. There's, there's also a game, Rod, you were a part of that is not, for whatever reason, it's not officially listed in the record books. It's there, but it's not officially listed number one, which is the minus 27 yards the 99 team had in the 2000 Cotton Bowl loss to Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Man, Texas versus Arkansas, because Charlie Strong's got one of those. Yeah. First chance Arkansas the most recently. Two yards rushing, yeah. Yeah, two spots. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is. I think I was on that list like three times because I think we had, a, we had two. 2000, maybe it was two ninety nines and one two thousand. Uh, the two thousand two team you were on because Texas gave up seven sacks. Yeah, I forgot that the two thousand two season opener against North Texas. North Texas had eight sacks in that game, hmm, and I think Booger bad. Kennedy might have had all eight of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could have been. I mean, I no, just trust me. I played on the defense side, so there are times when I remember watching this offense going, mm, what, the, what, the, "What are y'all doing out there?" And it's just a great. It's going back to the Greg Davis criticisms. Uh, but now I think you miss Greg Davis because you you don't appreciate a good thing when. You got it. Uh, so Longhorn fans now, it's like how uh, I'm a Texans fan. So watching Tom Savage after Deshaun Man. Watson gets hurt, tears his ACL, like it's emotional this weekend. And I and I was talking to the Texans fans, and I was like, I think you guys are missing Brock Osweiler. They miss him. They actually, like, Brock Osweiler now is like, man, I wish we could have Brock Osweiler back. <laughs> like, I think Longhorn fans, even though we they heavily criticized Greg Davis, hell, I did too, I'm sure, at times, even on the bench for Texas football, you realize now, like, how, how good you had it. That, you know what I mean, like, that that, that someone like Greg Davis could, could become a football mind and could adapt his culture. Well, I've told you guys time and, and again, it makes me take back every bad thing I ever said about Brian Harse. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or exactly. Or, or any of the OCs before him. You know Except what I mean? for Sean Watson. Yeah, and Greg but. Davis, a lot of the those situations, yeah. you can see how the game script maybe led you that way, but a guy like him had to be so confident that he continued despite being down against OU and, like, you know that you might not want to abandon your plan, but you have to be confident to keep on just throwing to get back into this game that you end up going point. for negative yardage rushing, but he's doing it out of, hey, man, I'm confident. Necessity. I think we need to do something. We can Necessity. go instead yeah. of being yeah. knowing your restrictions and basically being and- conservative and not doing so. We can see these horrible games in the record, but look at Garrett Gilbert, 52 throws and five picks against K-State or Oklahoma whenever you have negative six rushing because you abandon the run. You're trying to throw to come back in the game, and it just Even versus uh, Nebraska with Garrett Gilbert, right? Did he have more rushing Rushing yards than 79 yards? And so I'll say this about the the games that I ended up— Confidence was sometimes crazy. Those teams that I ended up a part of that ended up uh, being, you know, having those miserable, abysmal rushing performances, they were sporadic. Mm-hmm. They were they were aberrations yep. of that offense. They were just like, what the hell happened? And in he Texas wasn't going to give up. You He's know like, what I mean? We're this, it all back. this this offense is. It, everything that exists with it is systemic. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the the, the those that two thousand game, those ninety nine games, they were like an aberration for yes. Hodges Mitchell and for that offense. Hodges Mitchell was a thousand yard back. Exactly. You know what I mean. So it was like it damn. Hodges. So it was like it was more. The disappointment was, man, why didn't y'all show up against Oklahoma? Why didn't you show up in the bowl game? Why didn't you? You know what I mean. That's that. But versus with Sean Watson in the Arkansas game most recently, where we had the abysmal rushing performance uh-huh. of Sean Watson as the OC, and with this team versus TCU, which is, I would say this, best defense in the Big 12 and the number three rushing defense in the country. It's more like, damn, again, I have seen no improvement from this offense. And we shouldn't have expected it versus TCU. That's our fault. Yeah, I I basically... I don't want to say I called it because it was easy to call, but we said the kind of the game plan Texas had to follow to beat TCU. We knew they weren't going to be able to run the ball. Can't run the ball. Because we've seen this offense try to run the ball. Even even against Baylor, they didn't have success running the ball against yeah, Baylor until you wore Baylor down late in the game. We yeah. knew they weren't going to be able to run the ball. We knew they were going to have to take deep shots down the sideline. And, and they did. Look at the one scoring drive they had. Deep it was, shots. Two-play drive on two deep Little shots. Little Jordan Humphrey, then Colin Johnson. And then they had success with Daniel Young throwing it down there. They yeah. threw like six or seven deep shots. I want to say completed close to 50% of the deep this random deep 
deep shots they throw. And but Rod, it goes back to and Tom Herman mentioned this after the game. And and, and I my frustration stems from hearing Tom Herman talk after the game and then kind of piecing it together when he's saying, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't just run on first down, throw it three times, and then punt. Maybe we should run some quick game on first down." And it's like you're just now admitting this publicly after no. game nine, just and now. and we've been talking about this all year. Like, five, since, like the the thing. And Matt, I understand what you're talking about with with the issues this offensive line has. And look, this offensive line is what it is. It's not getting any better. Nope. You can't sign guys off the It was never right. good, though. Right. It was but, never good from the beginning of the year. Even when they were as healthy as they wanted to be, they Connor were never Williams. good. That's right. why we were running Ellinger into a wall my, to get an extra block. My issue is this, Rod. This offensive line is repeatedly asked to do things that they have proven time and again they are incapable of doing. That's a great point. So point. is that on your offensive line being garbage? Yeah, oh, part of it is. You. Part of it's on the staff where if you turn it into a drop-back passing game, and look, there are going to be situations in a game where you're going to have to take seven-step drops and five-step drops, and it's not going to work out. But if you're constantly running empty sets on early downs and turning it into a drop-back game, then you know what? You kind of deserve what you get. My, I think you just hit it on the head there, too. It's like... And I said it on the show, on the broadcast uh, yesterday. You know, there are bad actors in Hollywood. Like bad, I mean, guys who are just bad. They're, the best bad actor of all time is Arnold Schwarzenegger. C- didn't even really speak no English well. And he was just a bad actor. Couldn't but act. But he got buff. But he chose really good scripts. Really good screenplays. That's what he did really well. He chose, uh, like, you know what I mean? He chose Predator, Terminator, you know, Kindergarten Cop. He he, he just, he, he chose his scripts really well. And so now he's considered one of the most iconic actors of all time because he didn't try to put a square peg into a round hole. He didn't try to put himself into a role that he couldn't play. He knew. He looked, no Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, he looked in the mirror and said, I'm a bad actor. I can't play. I can't do what Denzel Washington does. Doing. Yeah, I can't do what those guys do. I can't do what Tom Hanks does. No, you're you're Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like Steven Seagal, stay in your lane. Steven Seagal. It's, it, 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 uh, Keanu Reeves is like that. And um, Nicolas Cage is in that oh, category. God, There's great bad actors, but they choose really good scripts. And my problem with this Texas offense, I don't think they do they know they're bad. You're supposed to know you're bad. You're supposed to know you ain't got no running game. Like, no running game at all. They act as if they do, though. Like, you don't know your offensive line is the worst offensive line. Honestly, we've seen in decades. It's worse than the 2010 offensive line. Well, hmm. I was looking. It's worse than I, that. I went, it is. I went back to 2014. So you That's, tell me which offensive line you would rather have. And let, let's say. No, I don't have to. We don't have to play this game. The, 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 sure? the, this offensive line is the worst offensive line in decades. Are you serious? Okay, so let's just go. It's let's worse go, than 2010. Let's just go lineup for lineup. Let's go lineup for lineup. If you go with this offensive line, would you rather have an offensive line with Derek Kerstetter, Patrick Vahe, Zach Shackelford, Jake McMillan, and Derek Kirsten. Zach Shackelford has been hurt a lot, too. Or the 2014 offensive line, Marcus Hutchins, Cedric Flowers, Taylor Doyle, Kent Perkins, Cameron Hughes. 2014? It's not even close to me. It's like comparing Tom Savage and Brock Osweiler. It ain't close. I'll take Brock Osweiler. It's the best of the bad. It's burnt toast and stale <laughs> bread, but I okay. will take it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not even close. This offensive line is horrible. It's yes. not their fault. They're they, they, they've They're had young, s- six different injuries and offensive line transfers since the start of the season. Here, remember, Tom Harmon compares some of the pieces on the old line to the 2014 Ohio State old line. And he said that yeah. hasn't yeah. changed because he's talking yeah. about their top but end in he's four years. That. Exactly. So my point is this. You know your old line is bad. Man, they've been bad since Maryland. They ain't, like, I don't They understand. were bad in camp, right? They were bad in camp. So, like, my, I heard in camp, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, on, go ahead. But this is where you can take bits and pieces because, like, I know a lot of fans have kind of soured on practice reports and scrimmage reports from close scrimmages. Like, oh, it doesn't mean nothing. But one thing that kept coming up, and Rod, you and I talked about this off air when we were having our own conversations. Yeah. How many times did you hear from a close scrimmage? They didn't run the ball as well as they wanted to. Yep. Eh, the running, game, running game wasn't that good today. That's right. And I'm like, okay, this is the third scrimmage where the run game hadn't been good. Maybe that should start sending off. Some, and remember, some, this some, is sort of. When we clicked some after week one, seeing Maryland and being like, wait, 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 maybe this defense just isn't very good at the time because we didn't know what we're interpreting. Because when you're going against yourself, you don't know which unit is dominating for what reason, and you can learn that as the year goes. But as on. we as we've gone on, we've realized that the Maryland game that was the that was the outlier for this defense. This defense yeah. has been damn good. Exactly, that was, was the aberration. It is a, yeah. a national championship level defense. No question. And it just but, shows how you skew your perceptions the, just off of a week. The or issue two. with this program and. I'll Say it till I'm blue in the face. This is a national championship level defense with the best punter in the country, and you've got maybe a four win offense, and you don't have a division one caliber kicker on your roster. You have no margin for error. 
Um, and this is what this is the the issue with Shane Bouchard because I love Shane Bouchard and I think he did a great job in that game because he's got no time. He's got hit. He got hit about twenty times in terms of he got sacked seven times. You talk about the knockdowns and I know Tom Herman was a little tough. I'm saying he got to do more. He's got to do better. I'm like, who the hell do you think Shane Bouchard is? Do you know who that guy is? He works best within this structure and framework of an offense. He's not Sam Ellinger. He's like he's got to do better. I was like, man, I think he's being pretty harsh on him considering he's got no time to throw Bouchard's the football. Bouchard's almost a guy that's sustained by a yeah. good system in exactly. offense. Exactly. That's what really he's at. His best, yes. he'll reach his ceiling. A guy like Sam Ellinger, he doesn't really need a structure of an offense. Mm. And I think that's what Tom Herman's expecting. Is why I think he was a little tough on Shane. It's because he wants Sam to the point where everything can break down around Sam and he can still go make a football play. So I but my, my, my point about this offense is we've seen different things work, right? At different times. So I'm looking for the the the, the this a, it's a barren wasteland. Like it is a radioactive barren wasteland. That's what this offense is. So when you go and when somebody go to Mars or they go to a different planet or something. And they send one of those probes. They're looking for the smallest bacterium of life, any sign of life. I'm talking about Theobacillus, uh, which is a, a, a bacterium that can survive inside radioactive waste. So that's what you're looking for with this Texas offense. You're looking for the Theobacillus. What's the smallest little thing that has worked? Just a little bit, all right, in this barren wasteland of an offensive uh, kind of philosophy. And we've seen the screen game work at times. I've seen short game passing, like the high percentage passing game versus K-State, 150 yards after they catch. We know that's something the, uh, the wide receivers do really well. Um, we've seen, even even Tom Herman brought it up, we've seen, uh, you know, at times uh, this offense be able to throw the deep ball and they did it versus TCU before TCU adjusted. They can throw the deep mm-hmm. ball. They can win 50-50 matchups in the deep ball. So there are some things that I've seen from the office. I'm like, Occasionally the quick hitting inside zone run game. Yeah. I'd say so all those why? things, though, are away from the line of scrimmage. No, no, I agree. Exactly. So you've got to get to the <laughs> perimeter, away, which, is, which tells you also something about the office. My point is that I don't see any, any, any building upon those concepts. When I'm watching that, right. um, but Rod, to your point about the offensive line and, and why you know again asking your personnel to do things that repeatedly have proven they can't do. This is according to Pro Football Focus, which, as you guys know, with the partnership with 24/7 Sports and Pro Football Focus, I've got it's access fantastic. to all all the data. Um, do you know that they charted on the 58 passing plays in the TCU game? Shane Bouchelle was hurried 17 times. That's not good. 17 hurries, sacked about seven. double as many as he should. I think he was hit probably 20 times. I mean, he took a beating. I I got so much respect for Shane Bouchelle. I think he's going to come back next year, too, because of the way things are working out. Well, I, wouldn't you? I mean, he's and compete got to, for it. it but job. here's the thing, Rod. I, mm-hmm. I think he would because at this point, I don't know if this staff knows what they want to be offensively. They I know don't. Tom Herman's got a system, right? Yeah. But clearly, you don't have the personnel to run that system. Can't run it. And, and, and this is what bothers me about the offense. Going back to the TCU game, it was just frustrating to just repeatedly, you know, Tom Herman talks about the definition of insanity all the time. And it's, it's so frustrating just to see them do the same thing and like you said you know the common sense approach would be you've talked about it dan neal who has a weekly column on horns 247.com well, she's killing it. About i love it. it i love reading it all the time it's, it's great. there might only be two or three things you're good at but do those things to the best of your ability and if the other team's just good enough to stop it then okay but that's where my frustration is coming in where i feel like you're still leaving a little meat on the bone yeah. i understand the frustrations and the the facts that your offensive line's beat up and you're not dynamic at this position and blah 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 all that i get it i totally get it i understand that andrew beck was the second coming of mark bavaro and elijah rodriguez was anthony munoz and you don't have those guys and whatever because tom herman talks about those two guys all the time but you're not going out with your best punch rod because it goes back to what you said i don't think they've either realized or figured out what their best punch is yeah and you can tell that by the personnel decision and and it's a great point you also let's take the wildcat for for instance let's take the wildcat okay um we talk about he's like well can't move rod heard the wildcat now because you know we know he's our actually backup quarterback so we don't use by the way, this is where Rod's getting ready to have a Gerard Hurd no, no, rant. No, no, Gerard Hurd rant coming. I've had too many of those. But, okay, so Gerard Hurd's the backup quarterback. I understand that. That is a rational, um, common-sense approach to it. Why not use little Jordan Humphrey there? Who we've all seen at Wildcat has been more dynamic than anybody else in the Wildcat. I just, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, it's, it's almost like the, remember the trick plays where he's got um, little Jordan Humphrey throwing the wide receiver pass versus Baylor. It's like, whoa, you have two wide receivers who are former quarterbacks. One actually played quarterback last year. 
why wouldn't you let those guys who do the wide receiver wide receiver, common sense? It's killing me, dude. I'm like, and, and these are plays that they are scripting. Like, hey, let's run this play at this time with this guy, and they're still screwing it up. Yeah. That's why they're really bad at game planning because they don't know their personnel really well. Todd Orlando's the exact opposite. He's the he's the, you know he knows his personnel to a T. He knows them. He's gotten to know them so well, almost intimately at this point. And get and, and now going down his, down the roster to try to get more guys and get to know those guys. So for Tom Herman, that's that like the Wildcat. You could have ran Lou Jordan home. In the Wildcat, man, Lou, and you are mismanaging Lou Jordan Humphrey. We've been telling you this also for six weeks. Why do you move him around? Why are you guys in one spot? Why, did why, it t- you- why did it take you until game eight to realize that Tunil Carter and Danny Young were your two best tailbacks? You look at the combined numbers of, and I know the defensive staff, you can do it now. Nah, well, you know, Oscar Giles has experience, whatever. Look at the combined numbers of FBS coaching experience on that offensive staff. Add the numbers up. It ain't that much. Well, even it, it, it definitely ain't well, that Tom much. Well, Tom Herman's the prime example, right? He's only been coaching for what four years as a head coach. Mm. This, is, this, this is year three. This is year three. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> three years. So you know, so he's still learning on the job to a certain extent. So I, I will, I, I will, there's some leeway there. My, I'm, I'm not talking about the coaching decisions or the play calling. I'm not getting all that, man. Because you know what? That is something that they are doing behind the scenes. That you know what? I don't really know the subtle nuances of that. I don't know when Tom Herman's saying that's a terrible play call. Do not call that play. Because he admitted mm-hmm. I do that at times. I go, you know what? That's a terrible play call. Don't call that play. Call this play. So he admitted that he's checking those plays. My point is, Jeff, some of this stuff, man, dude, it's common sense. My girlfriend's calling it out during games. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it, ain't even, it ain't even complicated. Was- My thing is, I just want to see the common sense things done. I, I don't want to, I'm not critiquing your play calling and all that kind of stuff, your culture uh, building. That's on you. But the, the simple stuff on the field, dude. Yeah, you, that's, some of that stuff is inexcusable. Though, next year. Some, some of that stuff on offense is inexcusable, man. Your personnel decision, all that. You know, he got asked on Monday, does simplifying things make things too bland for the opponent? Well, at this point, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you got to determine whether you know you know you can be. You've got to be outside the box, yet you've got to be very simple with the things that you do. Yeah, that's true. You have to strike a balance. You got to figure out what you do well. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't. And at this point, I know what they do well. They don't. Everybody does, Rod. So because it ain't much. It ain't a long no. list. It ain't like I'm, <laughs> I got to go down a list like, you know what I mean? You're Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. No, it's a short list about what you're good at. You've executed screens really well. Why? Because you're letting all, you're letting D linemen run right past you anyway. So who gives a damn? Now you Let just him act, use that aggressiveness now, against them. Yeah, now I just fake it. Exactly. Um, I've seen you use running backs in the passing game really well. Okay, you know what? Let's start Danny working. Danny made a hell of a catch, by the way. On yeah, that it was line, a great the, catch. On that deep it ball. was. The running. Well, and Chris well, Warren, too. It seems too. like they've been doing a lot of the Chris Warren. Though. Yeah, running backs to the pass. Let's go down this this short list. Let's go down this short list really quick, okay? So running backs in the passing game, they use really well. They've also used the screen game really well. So running backs, period, as pass catchers in his offense, work really well, which is really good considering you're getting shut down because they're dropping eight. And you can have those late leakers out. You can run those swing passes. You can run those, you know what I mean, different cuts by the running backs. We're big fans of the delayed release. I love the delayed release. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's number number one. How about the deep ball? It worked today. It's worked well for the this team, the deep ball, throwing it deep because you got six three or taller receivers up against these small DBs, and those guys sometimes there were two defensive backs around them, and they still made a play. Hell, draw a pi, they get you fifteen yards. Those guys are just they're good at that because they're better athletes. Because you're freaking Texas, okay? So the deep ball working. How about the short passing game? We talked about it after Kansas State. The short passing game worked really well because they were just dumping it off within ten yards of the line of scrimmage, and, a, and the wide receivers are really good at the yards after the catch. So try to employ more of that. You want to run the wildcat? You can't because you ain't got Gerard Hurd, and you only got two quarterbacks, two scholarship quarterbacks, which is also your freaking fault, okay? You only got three, two scholarship quarterbacks because you chose to have two scholarship quarterbacks. Yep. You got three of them on the he roster, like but her. you chose to have two scholarship quarterbacks. By the way, you could have had three. You only chose to have two. And by the way, you ended up having that guy that you wanted to play wide receiver playing quarterback anyway because you lack common sense. You know what I mean? Okay? So that's number two. So how about Lil Jordan Humphrey who was great running the Wildcat? He's played every position. He's played tight end, played wide receiver, played split, played um, in the slot. So how about you let that guy move Move him around and get him mashed up on a linebacker. Get him mashed up on a safety because that's a mismatch for that guy any day, all day, every Sunday. And I'm just going through the list of stuff. I mean, there's, there's other things that we can employ too, but that's like four or five things right there. Four or five things but I, And I right think there. they've done those things a good no, amount. No, no, they've done, they've done them separately. Man, I haven't yeah. seen all those things in one game yet. True. They, it's, always, it's always like, well, the, the game, game plan, this worked against that team. No, 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 no. You can dictate the tempo. You can actually employ more than one of those uh, types of, you know, uh, uh, components each game, but they don't. Every game is a different thing I see from the office. I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool. That Agreed, worked. Agreed, totally. Week. And when 
when you look at it, I think that may also lend itself to uh, let us interpret how they feel about their players exactly because I think that in these situations, they aren't – because sometimes if you're confident in your guys, you really don't care what the opponents are running. You're going to go out there and run your stuff and beat them because you're going to out-execute them. But say like when a good example is watching Green Bay, you aren't going to go out there and then you're going to now be reacting to what the defense shows you. And it's a totally different way to be offense. You're actually, in theory, becoming defensive on offense. And that's where I think this team is, is not being confident in the offense, looking across the way and just trying to find a way to not be beat by the opponent instead of actually going out and beating the defense. That might be something that they get to in the next couple years. But as of right now, I just see a coaching staff that isn't that confident that they can go out there and beat the opponent. Therefore, they have to go and scheme and see ways that they can maybe exploit some areas of the defense to move the ball. And that's just going to end up being a pretty ugly offense in the short term. Rod, you know what you described? You described an air raid offense. Which is and, – and why did the air raid come about? Because basically they didn't have the talent to beat teams. So like, beat honestly, them schematically. Yeah, there you go. If you widen out the splits of this offensive line, you're basically running an air raid offense. And what did TCU do to attack Texas early on? Attack the perimeter of that defense. That's all they did. Which, they didn't go – they didn't no, attack the I, I part thought, of it. I thought it was a good call Sonny Cumbie Sonny had a gr- – Sonny Cumbie's first 15 or 20 players, go watch him. That's how they got up on Texas 17-0. And after that, Todd Orlando actually won the chess match between yeah. Sonny Cumbie and Todd Orlando. It was only after they but those game, that game plan scripted 15 plays, Jeff, go look at it. It was yeah. magnificent. It was magnificent. Because every every <laughs> perimeter screen before they got up 17 nothing, every perimeter screen mm. they ran, mm. they had numbers, right? Yeah, they had and motion, that's what, motion and that's what, yeah. that's what aggravates me about this, the Texas offensive staff running the bubble. To them, the bubble in the perimeter screen is just a play. The bubble something that it, it's it's a supplement to something else. Yes, it's not a it's, play it's all by itself. It's an extension of the running game. So just like you would attack the running game, if you're going to attack a certain part of that defense, that's what you use the bubble for. And like you said, the numbers game. So you need to take players from the left. If you're going to run to the right side, you need to find a way through pre-snap motions and shift funk, as Brian Harson called it, and I love that term, to get numbers either because you're pulling guys or because you're motioning guys. And TCU did a lot of it. You would motion Shannon, a guy to that better than anybody. Motion that guy to that play side. Quick dump off. It almost works like a sweep. Yeah, sweep play. So it's off tackle. So works like you know what I mean. Like it's. <laughs> I don't get paid enough money to do it, but I guarantee you they're overpaid for it because they ain't doing it. On offense side, they ain't doing a damn thing. They might as well give that money to Tyler Landau. It's frustrating (laughs) because, well, you know, I think this goes back to, you know, and I'm not saying that that Tom Herman's system isn't going to work because I think long term if you get the correct pieces, it's proven it. It will work. No question. But right now I think simpler would be better. And I know, you know, sophisticated coaches look down their nose at the air raid and and the offenses that have spawned from the air raid as well. It's offense for dummies. Yeah. But at this level where it's like, all right, um, there's nine guys in the box. I've got two over one. I got got twins over here with one corner. Hell, I'm throwing the bubble. And I'm going to count on my one guy to block that one guy. My other guy to go up the sideline. My guy wins. down to math. Get a one-on-one. Exactly, if you man. Aren't playing, simple math. If you aren't playing that game now, you aren't going to win at football. I mean, that's just mm. basic. If you view what you were just saying that a lot of coaches think that that's just a niche, it's like, yeah, and it's going to be exploited till the end of time if you allow it. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, man. It's just frustrating to watch this offense. But I, let's talk about the defense against TCU real quick because, Rod, other than the, the – and the penalties really is what killed Texas on the first drive TCU had with the uh, the Brandon yeah. Jones face mask. Let me the Houghton Hill here. late hit. That was too yeah. – Sportsman-like yeah. conduct penalties that gave them free yards, and of course the trick play, the wide yeah, receiver. When I was watching, it, I was like, "It was a bummer and, that those things happened." But I was happy that our team is playing. Like in Oklahoma, those things weren't penalties; they were penalties in that game. And if you're playing through that whistle, now you learn early on that okay, I'm not going to play through that sideline white on that first drive, and we didn't see those mistakes continuing. But in the first drive, I would like to see that from a team to at least gauge what the officials are going to let you get away with for the next 60 minutes because it can that's the definition of setting tempo to see Agreed. what's going to happen there. They, they and they did adjust. I will say this about the defense Unfortunately, because of the ineptitude of the offense and because your special teams is 50-50, basically, uh, you know, you can flip a coin because Michael Dixon, best punter in the country, in my opinion, he averaged over 50 yards per punt. Again, you know, had Breaking a 76-yard punt. He's unbelievable. Uh, I believe he's ranked like second. And get se- tackles down the he got tackle. I believe he's ranked like second in the country now, but I think after this game he may end up uh, taking over the ranking as he's number one. He's going to win the red guy. Um, I definitely. But if you, you know, so that makes especially a 50-50 shot because Josh Rowland, he's just not very good at field goal. 
goal kicking. So special teams is a toss-up. You're definitely going to win most of the time the defensive battle. But against TCU, you're not because they're the, they're the best defensive team in the Big 12 and you're yeah. second best defensive team. Right. And so the defense has to be perfect for Texas to win games. And I count I, I saw the mistakes. Here are the, t- here are the scoring drives. On that first TD, you talked about it. Two penalties, Brandon Jones, Houghton Hill. And that fourth and two, even though Texas is second best fourth down defense in the country, that's, hey, those three plays, your margin for error is slim and minuscule. Oh, man, brother. if Chris Nelson's hand would have exactly. been like a, just a that's, quarter inch exactly. further up in the air, that's a, that's an incomplete pass. That's your margin for error as a defense. Right there. That, yeah. that play in a nutshell, the that's, your, that's your margin for error. Game and then the, the second scoring drive, I believe, uh, remember, this is where we talked about mobile quarterbacks against this Tyler Lennon defense. Only the only kryptonite or Achilles heel of this defense. That's why Maryland was able to beat them. That's why Baker Mayfield, his escapability. Kenny Hill didn't have a lot of rushing yards, but he had really key rushing yards. He had a big 13-yard run on that second touchdown drive, I believe, uh, to get them a first down. And then remember, Malik leaves the field. Malik yeah. Jefferson leaves the field because he's got the bubble guts or something going on. He goes to the tent. And what does TCU do? Sonny Cumbie, great OC. What does he do? Go after. Picks up the pace. He doesn't want Malik back in that game. He's like, no, I don't want him coming back in that game. He pisses the pace and they start running the football. They run it right actually where Malik is gone, right up the gut, right there at Gary Johnson and company, and they score another touchdown. That's just great. That's just great coaching. Mm-hmm. And that's just Texas having a little small margin of error. How about the field goal drive? Remember the field goal drive? Third and 17. This is the play. Yep, you remember it. I can see Joe's face. Third and 17. Kenny, Kenny Hill duh, does his best Kenny Trill impersonation, and he has a 27-yard run. That's it in a nutshell. They get a field goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, and then the last drive to seal it, there's a fourth and one. And Texas gives up the fourth and one, but Brandon Jones comes in for the tackle. Bad angle ends up literally on his butt because right? he shook out of his shoes, and boom, that's a touchdown. They also let TCU convert a third and eight on that drive with a 25-yard completion. Plays like this, usually, this I got seven plays here, I think, total. Yeah. And that's that was the only bad seven plays for Texas in that game. Uh, defensively, mm-hmm. and that ended up being the game because they have to be perfect, Jeff. They got no support at all. Right. Yeah, and against good teams, exactly. Because we it's were tough. talking about how uh, you know there were some. Well, they're zero four versus ranked teams, even exactly. though the defense has played really well. Because it doesn't matter; they got no support at all. And it shows uh, maybe a little bit of improvement that they maybe weren't the huge broken play glaring holes that we saw in the losses like to USC, USC to point. OU to Oklahoma State. So at least that process in it's the right point. direction. Yet still worrisome because it just shows that your ceiling, uh, you just aren't going to be there this year. You're almost reaching your ceiling in all of these games yeah. against those, in those top 25 opponents, yet you're 0-4. Yeah, you're right. All right, we'll take a timeout, but on the other side, we're talking Texas and TCU. The Longhorns hit the road to face the 10th-ranked Horn Frogs on Saturday in Fort Worth, and we'll go over the ins and outs on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. So, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to Kansas, and we'll pick it up with the offense. Because, Rod, here's my thing Kansas. with the offense. You've, we've basically, if, if you're looking for a silver lining on offense, are you ready, Texas fans? If you're looking for the silver lining on offense, the good it. news of the day, here Give it, it to me. This offense, we've seen it be as bad as it's going to get. Because you've already played the best defense you're going to play all year. That's true. You've already played the mo- all the ranked teams you're going to play all year. They're all out of the way. So, here it is. Basically, Tom Herman can hit the reset button, right? Where the, the Sunday meetings when they got back from Fort Worth – Hit the reset button. Okay, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, SC, boom, already off the schedule. We just played one of the best defenses in the country. And you're going to the the, de- play the worst defense in the Big exactly. 12. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're getting, who are you getting ready to play? You're getting ready to play Kansas. Yeah. You're getting ready to play Texas Tech, who you should be able to move the ball on. And you're getting ready to play West Virginia Morgantown. Good, not great defense, and I don't know what their confidence level is right mm-hmm. now. They just did beat Iowa State. Yeah. So West Virginia is a helter skelter. They've been this way since they joined the league. Much better at home than they are in a row. They'll yeah. show up against them. They will. So you have three games now. Rod, where you have no more excuses. You know what you've got. You know who you are. You know what you are. Now do it's they? A, now, they should. They well, should. But I don't think we do. <laughs> and I think there are going to be plenty ex- yeah. not excuses, yeah. explanations as do to why they? you don't play well. We don't have an offensive line. You've got a bevy of freshmen. Know you don't are. even know if we have a quarterback that's healthy. Yeah. Like that. I don't know if you they know who they are. I, so I would challenge that. It would be nice yeah. to know. I wish I don't think we they would know. know. I don't think they know, Jeff. What are they? That's the, that's the, that, that, that in, in itself is a conundrum. They have a defense. They, they don't know who they are offensive. They have yeah. no idea. They are a show about nothing. Every week it changes. <sighs> 
So you're right. That's why a different receiver every week is the guy. A different running back every week is a guy. Hell, they've had nine At different offensive lines. So we'll know they've had year. nine different offensive line combinations, Jeff. Jeff, the the quarterbacks have literally split all the games so far this year. Jeff, they don't know who they are. Okay. That is why, even though you're better than two of the three teams you're going to face, there are no guaranteed wins on I this schedule it. left, brother. I get it. But for this offense, these last three games are basically the first three games of next year. You're basically I would like that. I like that. Right I like that. You're basically starting 2018 right I, now. I like that take. So, and Tom Tom Herman, whether he whether you know, and he left himself some Except wiggle room. Coaching for this year, but he basically <laughs> laid it on the table in his Monday press conference. Not firing anybody. I'm bringing everybody back. He did say that. Yes, he did say. So that. now what you're telling me is okay. You know you. what I meant by you know who yeah. you are. You know what this offensive line is. They're not going to get better overnight. Mm-mm. They're as good as they're going to get. Exactly. So what are you going to do as an offensive staff now that you've you don't have any excuses of you know what your you know what your personnel is. You know the defenses you're facing. Now what are you going to do to put a better product on the field? Because I get you not putting a good product on the field against TCU. I yeah. can understand that to no an question. extent. Could it, could it have been better? We picked the part ways where, yes, it could have been better, but it was never going to be good. There was a ceiling. Mm-hmm. Against Kansas and against Texas Tech and even against West Virginia, the ceiling and the bar is going to be higher than it has been for these last few games. So are you going to reach it or are you going to inspire zero confidence in your ability as a staff to make something out of nothing and put a competent product on the field for these last few games? No, I agree with you on that because – and this is what this is the challenge for them, and I, I wonder how much Tom Herman is going to try to, um, you know, try to be the on um, the catalyst in, you know, they they he's admitted this is a collaborative effort. Their play calling, like mm-hmm. the buck stops with Tom Herman. Everybody can complain about Tim Beck all they want, and yeah. has Tim Beck and done now a great Drew job? Marringer's in the booth, I right? Guess, has Tim Beck done a good is. job? Probably not. But it's just, it's just like we talked about two years ago with the Vance Bedford fire Vance. Why would Charlie fire Vance? Because we fire Vance, he's basically firing himself. Because he's got he's on well, hot seat. And also, as soon as you fire Vance, you're on. It's like we talked about the minute the minute Tom Herman puts himself in the position where he's the play caller or yeah. whatever, then if it goes bad, then you have no more. Excuse. It's like Bill Very O'Brien. True. Bill O'Brien made a great decision when he decided to become the play caller for the Texans this year, and, and fortunately enough for him, Deshaun Watson has one of the greatest rookie seasons at least until before he gets hurt that we've ever seen. And now it's like, well, he, he may be a great play caller, maybe he sucks. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know because he got a great talent, and that's the same thing with Tim Beck and like Tom Herman and his crew. When Sam Elling is in there, you see Tim Beck's like, yeah, this is this is my offense and. When it's not, then I think he gets all the the criticism for it. Yeah. You want that buffer if you're a head coach and between Herman, you and accountability. Talking about his offense too, you know, he's a guy that talks so much about the continuity. So I think you know, with Beck, that's the main thing is him being like, no, yeah, th- this is more than a one year decision. I came here for the long term and understanding that we have this whore. It's basically the Charlie Weiss offense. You see that pile of crap out there? He's going to change it. I don't this. necessarily buy the continuity argument though, Rod. Really? Because well, what? because man, the, that's no. crazy though. Like. Like, did you hear some of the numbers that, like, just looking at I understand. The, okay, I, the amount can of I, can assistance? I yes, can yes, I of course. Of yeah. course. Okay. Go ahead. <clears throat> because go back to 2014. We all knew Sean Watson wasn't the answer. This is true. And Charlie wrote it out, and then we had to find out against that Notre Dame. Yeah, you didn't change anything offensively. It's still garbage, and you have to change play callers. And basically now you've wasted two years. Yeah. And everybody draws a comparison. The comparison that gets drawn between Tom Herman's first year at Texas, where it looks like it's going, is when well, Nick Saban went 6-6 six and six his first year at Alabama. Right. And Nick Saban changed offensive coordinators after that first year, too. Yeah, he did. He learned his lesson. So yep. I understand continuity. I also understand, hey, it's okay if something doesn't work. It's it's you're, you're, it, you're yep. admitting you made a bad hire. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, true. Great coaches have made bad hires. Plenty Bill Belichick's made yeah. bad hires. Yep. Bill Parcells has made and bad hires. And if he hires. admits that he exactly. does made would bad be hires. bad. If Tom Herman admits he made mm. a bad hire, nobody's going to fault him for that. No. Yeah. I and think, lo- though, yeah. he just doesn't think he has, and I think that the evidence on Pride. the field shows. Pride. Also, because there well, was, also, there, there was nothing. Nothing. That's and here's, pride, here's my other argument: that's continuity. There was, there's nothing in Tim Beck's background that suggests Tim Beck is some sort of offensive genius, no, or offensive guru, no, nothing. He's just a body. He, he's just a guy. If Tom, he's a Herman, jag. if Tom Herman went out and found somebody, found another play caller that vibed with him on a different level that maybe he's worked with before, or that's been in an offense similar to what he's doing, yeah. Like Tim, Be- Tim Beck basically got fired six games into his tenure at Ohio State because remember Ohio State his first year they had the game mm-hmm. where Ezekiel Elliott had what like six carries against Michigan State. Right. And they lost. And Urban Meyer's like, yeah, this ain't going to work, and you ain't calling the plays by yourself no more. It's going to be. It's going to be. A, I'm gonna right, yeah, I'll take over now. this. Right. Yeah. So, And there's another great. Urban Meyer's made bad hires. I just talked about Nick Saban. Great football coaches, championship football coaches have made bad hires before. Yep. Yeah. If Tom Herman fired Tim Beck tomorrow, I don't think there would be a Texas fan like, well, continuity should have kept the same staff. No. I yeah. think it would be like, yeah, all right, definitely not. he's changing it up. So I don't necessarily buy the continuity argument. I know the mm-hmm. numbers are what they are. I've been. Been through. I've lived through 
covered all of it. Trust me, I know how bad it is. Yeah, I know that I know the aesthetics, how bad it looks. Yeah, it's bad. But I don't think if Tom Herman got rid of Tim, but I don't think he's going to get rid of his whole offensive staff. And like people are arguing about Derek Wareheim, I don't know how you can grade Derek Wareheim this year based on the offensive line injuries. That's exactly you've had. what I'm no, saying. You can't. That's the one thing I'll say about the offensive line. Situation. Yeah, you can't do that. There you chance. go, and that's what, exactly what I'm saying. That like we hire a coach to get a coach, and we think it's the best. Tom Herman, like we got the Mensa dude, we got exactly who we wanted, we handpicked it, and he, we get this smart guy to assemble this staff. I would. It makes sense to have him at least see more than year one. No, I agree. With, no, yeah, no. So that, that's I, just where I'm just with continuity. But, it just makes sense that I don't even think there is a right answer. I don't think there. It's not binary. It isn't that you have to choose one. It's just being like, oh, okay, well, let's at least give him a chance to see what he does. It. It. it, it, it is. It, there is a. Right I agree with you. There is essentially there is a preference basically for Tom Herman um, in terms of if he wants to stay with Tim Beck or he wants to try to move on. But there is a better choice that can be made. And I think a lot of Lohan fans would argue, and maybe Jeff, that's what he's arguing that if you do move on and decide to disrupt the continuity just a little bit, yeah, that there's a better fit for your model, right. who your blueprint. The, the that Tim Beck is. is not the best fit for this. And I think we've seen that on the football field. Whoever here. the play callers, yeah. whoever eight the through eight these eight games, yes. I'm just saying that I guess I'm not going to be ready to define no, no, the I, future based on these eight games. Totally understand. And I would say just as a rule of thumb, normally two years with the staff would be about right to get a good Agreed. sample size on it. So I just, I mean, who knows? He may be fired game two next year and he's horrible. And that would be a horrible situation. I don't want Texas to be in it. I just don't know if there's enough evidence to even support the theory of should he be out after this I, first year. I would say that right now you keep him because you don't have a better choice. Exactly. Like, I don't understand just kind of going to the offseason like, hell, you know, guns are blazing. He's got to go. Yeah. And then you don't even have a plan in place. Now, if there's somebody out there who right. is just the apple of your eye right. and you've been eyeing him for a while, you've done your research and you know you would vibe with that person, if that's Tom Herman, then I'd go, you know what, man, we're upgrading. And it I ain't think true. results it ain't is going to outweigh yeah. loyalty with him. Like I think Herman would still do that, yeah. too. Like it, ain't, it, it ain't about that person. It's about results and it's about us upgrading. We want the best available. Yes. But if they don't have another choice, if you can't go get somebody who has actually proven themselves, like you said, who is an offensive kind of uh, savant and we've kind of seen their production, then yeah, I mean, you stick with you stick with the continuity. You side with the continuity if you can't have anybody better. If there's not an upgrade. Because whoever the play caller is, it's still going to be Tom Herman's it's offense. It's Tom Herman's offense. Alright guys, it is time to wrap this thing up, put it in the oven, and do some predictions and we will get all of that done when we come back and finish out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Men, if you're like me, you appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. The sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price? And because Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they'll send you their most popular set, complete with a razor, one of their world-famous blades, shaving cream, and post-shave balm for free if you cover shipping. A total value of $20 at no cost to you, with code 0404 at checkout. Their way of saying thank you for trying them. How is Harry's able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures the blades. That's how. Go to harrys.com now and enter code 0404 at checkout to claim your free trial set and post-shave balm. That's harrys.com, code 0404. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. 
I had psoriasis on my elbows, Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I have to get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Mm. Tom? Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. My son had been injured and he was prescribed pain opiates. No one ever told us how highly addictive these drugs were. My reaction was shock. My son didn't get so deep into the dark, scary woods overnight, and it's no straight line coming back. For parents out there who don't have hope, I realize there's a lot of families that are torn apart, but families can heal. Young people can get better. There's hope and help at drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for Drug-Free Kids. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. You know what? I, I'm. This is the last gasp for me for this offense. Um, I think this defense is going to shut Kansas down because I think they're, especially those veterans on defense that have had to live with that Kansas loss yeah, it hurts. for the last year. I think Texas wins this game something along the lines of like, uh, I, I'm stop predicting field goals in my scores. Uh, so I'm going to take point. Texas to win 42 nothing. Ooh, 42 nothing. Ooh, that's a lot. I'll go. Uh, man, I made a good point about those field goals. I'll go thirty. I'll go thirty-five nothing because you made a good point about the field goals. Yeah, yeah putting field yeah. goals. In, I ain't, but, I ain't yeah. predicting Texas scores with field goals. I'll say thirty-five nothing to shut out because that defense is pissed off. All right, yeah. And I'm gonna go against the grain. There will be plenty of field goals. This is a game that you send your kicker out to see if he can make a kick because it's not gonna good even point. matter. Uh, but <laughs> exactly. So good Texas point. makes two field goals and wow. wins forty-one to nine. Okay. That'll like be two that. more than they made in Fort Worth. I like yes. that. I like that. That's yeah. a good, yeah, I like the against the grain theory. It's uh, good. All right. All right, Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time. And the Always night. fun, man. Always fun. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, our radio partner. And you can get this podcast each and every week on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. And thanks to Matt from there, you get us on iTunes, TuneIn, any podcast app. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. And we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.